Hi, friends. Welcome to Created to Connect, a podcast that focuses on understanding our need and desire for relationships and how to overcome the obstacles that prevent us from truly connecting with God and each other. Join me on this journey as I discuss how family upbringing, cultural shifts, and the modern church have impacted how we relate. By applying God's word to our lives, we can begin to understand why he designed us to be in relationship with him and with others. I'm Sam Landa. Welcome to Created to Connect. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Created to Connect podcast. This is episode 19, the keys to implementing the five love languages in your relationships. So this is probably going to be one of the more popular episodes just because I do discuss the five love languages. And just in case, if you haven't read the book, Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, um, really good book, very practical and easily easily can be implemented into uh, your relationships. But today what I want to talk about is that there's a foundation that needs to be set in order for you to be able to carry out those five love languages. So I'll be addressing that today. Uh, But before we begin, as always, just want to thank you for tuning in today. If you're a new listener and this is your first time tuning in, thank you, thank you, thank you for just tuning in and wanting to be a part of this, or at least just wanting to get a feel for what this podcast is about. And as always, for those of you guys who have been here from the beginning, if you're still listening, thank you as well. Um, again, I continue to do this because I do I enjoy doing these um, episodes, and I do think that they are being helpful for those who are listening. So I'll continue doing this, guys. I, I mean, I really do enjoy it. I think part of it is just my heart for uh, teaching, my heart for helping build up better relationships between Christians and and just people in general. So again, just thank you for for tuning in. And if you could just do me a huge favor, would you subscribe and or leave a review by clicking the stars on the iTunes app? Um, so you can look at your Apple podcast and you can click on the stars and give a rating that way. And also, if you can leave a review, even better. Uh, on Spotify, just click the follow link and you should be all good and set to go. All right. Uh, so that is really all I have. So let's jump in and see what this talk is all about. When we talk about the love languages or just communicating love to people, we're always trying to find the right way to do it. Like, what is the right way to show love to someone? How come that person hasn't responded even though I've been showing them love this way? And we start to kind of get into this mindset of not knowing what to do or not being able to figure things out. And what Dr. Chapman does really well in his book, The Five Love Languages, is that he really gives some good, he really gives some good practical steps on implementing ways of showing love to, uh, to people. And also understanding what makes you feel loved. So I think he does a really good job of doing that. And just to do a quick review Here are the five love languages in no particular order, but I'm going to start with probably my favorite one or the one that shows me the most love is acts of service, right? And this is a sense of adoration felt by the other person based on things that you do for them, right? Anything that makes that person feel appreciated 
or makes their life easier. Just basically actions that go above and beyond help. That communicates a lot of love to me and to a lot of people who appreciate uh, acts of service. Okay. Uh, the second one, uh, physical touch, right? More about intimacy. Obviously, this is non-sexual touch or it doesn't have to be sexual touch. It could be holding hands. It could be laying your head on your partner's shoulder. It can be a hug. It can be just this physical presence, right? Being with each other, showing some form of physical affection, okay? Uh, number three, quality time. I know that this is a big one for many people, right? Just giving someone your undivided attention, right? It, this is all about togetherness, not necessarily proximity, right? Because you can be with someone and be uh, not necessarily be talking or not being close, but you feel together right you feel like a team so that's a big one but that's all due to the undivided attention that you guys give to each other through text through communication or just spending time together uh, number four words of affirmation okay compliments to the other person regularly regularly telling them how much you care right letting them know on a consistent basis through your words that you love them and that you care for them right this really builds up their spirit and the more they hear it, the more affirmed they feel and who they are and what they mean to you. And then lastly, gifts. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift, right? This is not just getting something for someone, but it's the thought and intent that goes behind it. Basically, it's a visual representation of the love that you have for them. You know, it's interesting because in, in the counseling world, we talk about um, if you can see it, it's real. And I think for the person who uh, appreciates gifts, it's kind of like that, that when you're able to see it, it feels more real to them. So those are the five love languages. Uh, which ones are you? You know, Dr. Chapman talks about there being a primary and then a secondary one. So, uh, you know, which ones are yours? You know, is it acts of service? Is it physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts? How would you order them? And, you know, just take some time today to uh, think through them and see uh, what they mean to you, right? Because th there's two ways to look at this, as Dr. Chapman explains in his book, is that one is is that the person that you love, they may receive love differently than you. Meaning for them, it could be quality time and words of affirmation. And for you, it might be acts of service and physical touch, right? So it's hard to operate in a way that doesn't come as natural to you. So if your acts of service and physical touch and the other person is quality time and words of affirmation, that may be a challenge, right? And that's part of what I'm going to address later today is that why is it a challenge? What what foundation does there need to be in order for these um, love languages to be implemented in your relationships? So I'll address that in a bit. But not only is it how other people receive love, but also how you receive love, right? Because you don't always do for others um, what comes naturally to you, right? Sometimes it's what doesn't come naturally to you. And that makes it a little bit harder. And for some people, obviously, it's the same thing. When they're trying to show you love, it's going to be much harder for them to do what you appreciate if that's not their natural inclination. So it's doable. It just takes some more some more work so 
before going into what creates the challenge for implementing the love languages, I want to kind of make a quick reference back to episode seven, um, where I spoke about how to find the right person and made a couple of key points in that episode. And specifically, I just want to address two, because this is going to tie into what are some of the challenges when trying to implement uh, the five love languages. So if you remember, and if you haven't, feel free to go back and listen to episode seven. Again, it's how to find the right person. So if you're uh, dating and you kind of want to have a better understanding of what those values are or what it is that you're supposed to be looking for or need to look for, then definitely refer to episode seven. But two of the points that I made in um, looking for that right person is see how that person responds during times of stress, right? How do each of you respond during times of stress? That's something to evaluate because we we always resort back to what comes natural to us. You know, for example, one of the things that I I love um, watching is MMA. You know, it's funny because we're talking about love and MMA kind of goes against each other. But anyways, um, in MMA, whatever you grew up doing, so if you were a wrestler and uh, you start doing MMA and let's say you're getting, you're getting uh, beaten on the feet because, you know, the person is a good striker and they're boxing and they're, uh, they're kicking and they're doing all this stuff, your natural inclination is going to, is going to be to go back to your wrestling. And it's just natural because you're under stress, you're getting beaten, and you're only going to go to what you feel most confident with. And in relationships, it's kind of the same thing, right? Where when you hit times of stress, even though you want to do the act of service or, or not the act of service, but the love language that appeals to the other person or that they receive well, even though that may be your intention, because of the stressful situation that may cause you to um, actually pull back or or you may go back to what comes natural to you. So if the other person appreciates quality time and you appreciate acts of service, you may just re- resort to doing acts of service for the person, right? And that person doesn't receive it well or they don't respond like you wanted them to. And then what happens? You get frustrated, right? So here's your time of stress. Here's something that's happening to you because your love language to the other person wasn't received well. So then there's a lot of other layers that start building up that can cause more friction within the relationship, right? So always keep in mind how you and the other person respond during times of stress, right? And the second point, or there, there was four points that I made in that episode, but I'm only mentioning two here. But the second point that I want to make today is that part of choosing the right person is that they have to be a growing Christian, Right? Not just a Christian who goes to church. They have to be a growing Christian. And the reason for that is because if a person is growing, let's say that they're having a difficult time in trying to implement one of these love languages for you, right? That you receive well. And because they're having a difficult time, a Christian who is stagnant or who is mediocre or who doesn't really want to grow in their faith and in their walk with Christ they may just give up. They may just want nothing to do with it, right? And for the growing Christian, the one who shows change across time, they're going to 
um, showed the fruits of the Spirit, right? They're going to learn how to be self-controlled. They're going to learn how to be patient. They're going to learn how to be joyful during those difficult. Continue to work towards establishing or at least displaying the love language that you respond to, right? But you also have to be a growing Christian. And that's important to keep in mind as well because when you have that expectation of someone else but don't have that expectation of yourself, Typically, it doesn't work out well, right? You both need to be growing in your faith in order for this to truly work. So now, here are the keys to unlocking the love language that you want to unlock for the person that you care about and that you love. But I want to start off with this passage. It's in Colossians 3, verse 12. And I think these principles or these values that we're going to look at are basically going to be what we need to develop in order to be able to display the five love languages or at least be more willing to share those with others so colossians 3 verse 12 says therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly beloved clothe yourselves with and here's the five compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, right? Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So this idea of clothing ourselves, right? Every morning before we get through, you know, get started for our day, we clothe ourselves, right? We put on what we need to put on. Um, you know, if it's cold outside, obviously you dress a little bit warmer. If it was hot, you dress a little bit, you know, cooler if we can say that um but you put on what's necessary and what's necessary in order to be able um, to express the love language that your partner responds to is by putting on compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience okay so let's first start with compassion right the sympathetic consciousness of another person's distress along with a desire to alleviate it. So that's basically from the Webster's uh, Webster's Dictionary, right? A sympathetic consciousness of another's distress together with a desire to alleviate it, right? You have to be conscious of your partner's distress, like what is it that they actually need so you can know how to alleviate that from them, right? And that can be learning the other person's primary and secondary love language. So understanding what causes them stress how do they respond under stress and what allows for them to calm down right so if your partner is a gifts person and you know that they're having a hard day so if it's you know your wife uh or someone that you're dating a girl that you're dating and you know she's had a stressful day and she's a gifts person buying a flower uh, buying some flowers and chocolate would be probably a good option there, right? That would show great love during this time of stress, right? Uh, that's one option. And that's one way to kind of alleviate the pain and the stress that they're experiencing at the moment, right? Compassion leads to action. It's not just a feeling to alleviate another's distress, but it's an attempt or action to do so. You actually have to do something to alleviate that stress compassion leads to action right and one of the biggest things that i've discovered as a christian is how 
God, whenever we go through difficult times, how much he shows compassion as a father, right? This understanding our distress and wanting to alleviate it through the comfort that he provides. And even empower us to provide that same comfort for others. He says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3-4, to says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Right? So he comforts us, and once we understand what that comfort feels like, then we're also then able to provide that for other people. Right? This builds our, our compassion for the person that we love. So you know, it can be a spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever the case is, but if we want to learn how to implement the five love languages, we first must develop the virtue or principle of compassion. Okay. Number two, kindness. Right? Develop kindness, that of having a sympathetic or helping nature. You want to be kind to each other. And in wanting to be kind to each other, the love languages come easy because if you're trying to help or being sympathetic to the other person and what they need, you're going to want to do those things. You're going to want to help by doing whatever you can to um, show these love languages to that person. You know, when, when an older couple was asked what they did to hold their 50 plus years of marriage going strong, their response was pretty simple. And I think it was the lady who said, you know, we chose to be kind to each other no matter what. You know, such a simple principle, such a simple statement in order to live this long life of loving each other, right? But being kind to each other works. We're called to be kind to each other, right? Part of the fruit of the spirits is to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? And against such things, there is no law. But Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you, right? Don't overcomplicate this principle by looking for what things to be kind for. Just be kind. Simply choose to treat your spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend with kindness. Be sympathetic towards them and find ways to help them. That is how you develop kindness, Okay. Number three, humility, right? Freedom, this freedom that you experience from f- pride or arrogance. And I think the greatest struggle for any person in most relationships is acknowledging and accepting what they did wrong, right? Um, whenever there's an a, a, uh, argument or a misunderstanding, it's accepting, acknowledging and accepting what we did wrong. That's always the most difficult part because we don't see the error of our own ways we need someone to be able to tell us what those errors are and oftentimes it happens in relationships not always with the best attitude not always with the best attitude but it's there and it's truthful and many times it hurts right but when we don't have humility what happens the pride builds up inside of us and we want to counter every single point that they say leading to more and more pride and arrogance And it adds to both sides. Both sides then become prideful, right? So that's not helpful in any way. So humility really is a uh, value that you want to develop in order to set the foundation to be able to express the five love languages and learning more about them, right? Not just saying, oh, I don't need to learn that one because, you know, that's not really the one I respond to. You know, it's a form of arrogance there. 
So we need to change that, right? We're not better than anyone. And in relationships, when you think you're better or free of fault, you lack humility and you give much weight to pride and arrogance. I mean, even in Romans 12, 3, it says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God had distributed to each of you. Right, Proverbs 11, 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom, right? And when it comes to displaying these five love languages, we need to learn to be humble, right? And I include myself in there, definitely not one of my strengths, but still a work in progress. And I do work hard towards it, and I think um, most of us try to as well, right? Pride is not a good look for anyone. Okay, number four, uh, gentleness, right? Free from harshness, sternness, or violence, right? This somewhat ties into being kind to one another, but is specifically, more specifically related to the how in your approach, right? The how is often more important than the what, right? Because we know what we want to say, but oftentimes we don't know how to say it, right? We need to be gentle in how we communicate and how we address the people that we love. Remember, if we go back to the principle in which I said about how people respond under stress, usually people don't respond with gentleness. Usually we respond with harshness. We become stern, uh, demanding even, right? So when you see that, when you see how a person responds when they're under stress, you'll be able to see how they actually respond as opposed to what they want to respond or how they want to respond, right? Because again, the greatest indicator for you as to how you and others respond uh, truthfully is how you are when you're under stress. All right, so lastly, and probably most importantly, is uh, patience, right? Bearing pains or trials calmly or without complaint right just having this patience to endure with the process because it takes time right if you're trying to develop a love language or express a love language that's not natural for you it takes time so you need to be patient with yourself and it's not going to be fun because it's going to bring you out of your comfort zone same thing for the other person when you've shared your love language your primary and your secondary love language with the person that you're with and they haven't responded yet or it's just been more difficult than what they thought it would be, be patient with them, right? When someone really loves you, they're going to make the effort to try to meet those needs and try to honor you and try to love you as best as they can. So even when you give them your primary and secondary love language, just be patient, right? These things take time. It takes such a long time to establish new ways of thinking, new ways of relating, new ways of behaving when there is no prior knowledge to that, right? So you must bear the pains and endure. It doesn't sound like fun and definitely is not, but in order to practice the five love languages, we must learn to be patient with each other, okay? We all understand that growth takes time. Be patient with the attempts and try to communicate love through those love languages as best as you can okay bible says whoever is patient has great understanding but one who is quick tempered displays folly that's proverbs 14:29 and uh proverbs 16:32 says better a patient person than a warrior one with self control than one who takes the city 
So a lot of good foundational principles there, right? So if just to go back through them again, there was five of them. So Ephesians 3.12, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And if you do those things, friends, you will set yourself up for a good foundation in order to be able to display and express the love language that the person you love responds to most. All right. So get out there and practice the five love languages. But before doing that, make sure you develop these foundational virtues first. Well, thanks, guys. That's all I have for today. I hope you're able to tune in next week, going to episode 20, about four episodes, four to five episodes away from finishing season one. So thank you. Thank you uh, for tuning in and for being uh, a loyal listener. Uh, Also, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to like and share. Again, the more shares that I get and the more likes that we get, the more exposure the podcast episodes or the podcast itself gets. So um, leave a review on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast as well. And you can do that there by just uh, going to your Apple podcast and clicking subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Click on the stars. Really, that's all I, that's all I need. But if you can leave a review as well, that would be even, even better. And Spotify, just click the follow link. All right, guys. That's all I have for today. Have a good day. And I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye.